beyond ideas of wrongdoing and rightdoing. There is a field. I'll meet you there. When the soul lies down in that grass, the world is too full to talk about. Ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make sense. Hi everyone. I love the way how making this podcast is helping me connect with old friends and acquaintances again. Today I talked to Anton. I got to know Anton in the rooms of NA, but we have not seen each other for a very long time. As explained in the recording, we at least kept contact on WhatsApp, if only because Anton sends me the weirdest jokes, memes, gifts and videos. He truly does have a wicked sense of humor. Anton is an engineer who lives with his life partner and their adopted son in Camps Bay, Cape Town. I am excited to hear about his spiritual journey. Let's get to it then. Hey Anton, how are you doing? I'm doing very well, thanks. I'm very glad to hear that. Thank you so much for driving all the way from Cape Town to come and talk to me. I know it's quite a trip from where you are to me in the Platteland, but I really appreciate it. Anton, I haven't seen you in... Five? Yeah, at least six five years. Six years? Yeah. yeah. But at least we stayed in contact through WhatsApp. Anton has a vicious sense of humor. He sends me the most disgusting things on WhatsApp and I love it. So at least we, <laughs> <laughs> at least we have that sense of, of, of contact. So it was really surprising the other day when you called and said, how, how am I doing? Oh, the, 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 the black humor is, yeah. It's sometimes the stuff that I receive is so bad I can't even listen to it. <laughs> I love it. I really do. <laughs> So tell me, since since we've seen each other, how have you been? Yeah, I've done very well. Been, um, I've relapsed about three years ago. I'm clean from my cocaine addiction for more than eight years now. But um, after I've been clean for five years, I, I had a very quick relapse on, on alcohol, a very quick in and out. You, you were about six months, eight months ahead of me. Am I right? I came in, in in November 2009. Yeah, well, my, my, my date is 27th of July 2009. Okay, cool. Yeah. Okay. And that was from cocaine? Yeah. So yeah. we had the same DOC? Yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, and um, yeah, I'll, I'll speak about the, 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 the alcohol relapse, which was very little to do about the alcohol and much more about where my spiritual journey is okay. today. It, was, uh, it had a significant impact. Yeah. And with all these type of things, the, in retrospect, the, the, uh, the, the negative things are important yeah. in our life now. What I find really difficult is I still struggle to know where I am emotionally. It's only when I act out on whatever where I realize that I wasn't actually in a good space or I was feeling upset or I, it's always a, a retroactive realization that I have which I find difficult yeah my uh, yeah I, I've got my current thinking is a lot around the mind you know and where you are as a as a soul compared to what the mind doesn't think and wants to do and um, <laughs> and emotions belong to the mind you know, oh. not, not, not not to the soul so yeah, I mean, often, often these things you react, and it's only in the retrospect where I mean, you, with some form of clarity, try to to see what happened that you realised where the mind came in. And, yeah. You, know. you don't have a process addiction. You you are addicted to alcohol and drugs. Yeah, um, not even alcohol. I would say the advantage of the the, the relapse was that you know okay. because I I knew it's not the alcohol thing; it was a mind thing. But 
Yeah, I originally was a workaholic, <laughs> um, and I used to stay in Pretoria and work in Johannesburg. And I, when I was in a bad, when I was in a bad mood on a weekend, I'll drive all the way to Johannesburg to the office and work so I can feel better. You know? So that was definitely my first addiction. Was the form of escapism just just not dealing with life? Not while not you're dealing with life. Your desk, yeah, yeah, yeah. Isn't that the definition of addiction? Yeah. Is we want to escape, you know, whatever works to. To help you escape, in my case, it happened to be drugs later in life. Alcohol, interesting. I mean, I, I drank excessively for many years of my life, but I never considered it as an addiction. But it was definitely helping to lull the thoughts. You know? yeah. So it's only during my alcohol relapse that I um, noticed that. Alcohol helped me not to face things. It didn't mean I was addicted in all the years before I got uh, drug addicted. But I mean, it also prevented me from thinking about stuff seriously. But the other factor, well, I suppose the biggest factor in my life that shaped me spiritually is uh, severe depression that I suffered for uh, many, many years and still do. I do except I'm, I'm slowly but surely growing up, you know, so I'm getting to. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm just an extremely slow learner. But, growing uh, up or growing old? <laughs> <laughs> Growing up as well. I think I'm going old before I grow up. <laughs> it's a huge problem for me in my life. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, it, uh, major depression problems um, that caused my spirituality to start at least. I mean, I was um, I grew up in a typical NG church religious household. Not much so, but still, you know, the in Cape Town, Pretoria, Pretoria, Pretoria. Pretoria okay. yeah. My, I would say, late 20s, um, the, the, the depression started more and more and more. And at one stage, I started going into a little bit of uh, alternative reading and then meditation and those type of things. Addiction and depression is probably the, the best tools we have to grow spiritually. Yeah. <laughs> and unfortunately, and they, go hand, they go hand in hand as well. They go very much hand in hand. Yeah. And I mean, it's a, I, I would have preferred to grow spiritually in other means, but that was my. <laughs> yeah, that you would have, would have preferred another journey. Yeah, 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 yeah like an angel coming down or something. You know? <laughs> tap, you on your, tap you on the head with a wand and say, You are now spiritual. Yeah. So you grew up. That reformed. Yeah, yeah. And were you kind of a good religious boy? Did you do the whole... Were you forced to go to church? Or is it something that I, came I, to you naturally? Or how my, did that happen? I did it because it's the thing that a good boy does, you know. Uh, but um, there was stages, which I vaguely can remember, that I tried to take this thing seriously. But it just never, ever touched anything. It doesn't didn't stick? Yeah, the, something didn't run through. Uh, that was, um, and that, yeah. When I mean, in those days, I didn't even know much about Islam and any of those type of things. But that whole dogma thing, just there was something about it that was just not true. I did it because I went through the motions because that's what you do, yeah. the traditionalist thing. But it was not the religious thing. And the whole education system was what Christian national education. Yeah. So, so that's what 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 the education system was based on. We yeah. had no. Choice, really. And the, the worst thing of a conservative household, by definition, is that I was not exposed to anything else. Yeah. And um, I never had the opportunity to, to, to think about things differently. <laughs> I just had to assume that, well, that I was told it's, it's right and it's true, yeah. and therefore 
I was a bad Christian. Yeah. I always say that two things my parents never warned me about was drugs and men. And look at me now. <laughs> and it's not that they were bad parents. It's just that it didn't feature in the, in the reality that, that the child might be exposed to drugs or might turn out to be gay or something like that. Yeah. It's just not, not in the frame of reference. Yeah. Yeah. And talk about conservative upbringing. That, that's the kind of the restriction that we face. I always say when one of my biggest wishes in life is that I could have been dumb and religious. You know? <laughs> <laughs> don't you think it's blessed? <laughs> just to believe what you hear and just get out of life. You know? yeah. it, it must be blessed <laughs> yeah. to not question anything. I always thought of myself as, because part of our education system was, I don't think our education system in Afrikaans schools specifically taught us to, to question and to think. No, there was also that aspect of you listen to your superiors and, you know, exactly, you don't yeah. question things. You yeah. know? Um, when that is a de- de- definition of not being liberal, that's a you know, perfect example yeah. of not, you know, it's frowned upon to think outside the box. Absolutely. But at least where I am now in my life, I can look back at the way I questioned something like organized religion. So at least I, I did think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. so somewhere deep inside there, there, there was a thinking entity, yeah. which is quite a powerful way to, to look at things. So you went through school and then you went to varsity. Yeah, uh, Technicon, but uh, well, well, first, first army, military. Ah. Um, okay. uh, I don't think I want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> do we don't want to go back there, or <laughs> where did you do your, where did you do your service? Um, infantry school oh my God, at Surin, okay. and then <gasps> a, a year up, uh, up in that was what was eighty one. It was in a in the midst of the of the war times. So yeah, I saw some horrible things and. So you were on the border. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow! And through my years, I I've, uh, when I've got a master's degree in 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 rehab and. <laughs> And, and and telling psychologists and psychiatrists how things work. Yeah. Well, you, <laughs> but, you, you should, you could. Yeah. And yeah. you have a right to, to after that. Yeah. It's really, really upsetting and disconcerting to think how people were thrown into that extremely traumatic, high-stressed environment. And then suddenly one day, you're now finished. Yeah. And that's it. So they plonk you back into life. No support system, no therapy, no nothing. Yeah. I, I mean, like, like I said, I mean, the psychiatrists, psychologists over the years, I've seen so many of them always try to focus on that army, army period of my life uh, because of the, uh, the things that happened. And I really, and I don't think I'm in denial anymore. I just analyze it too bad. I just don't think it did affect me. Uh, the interesting thing is that um, the household I grew up in was very, very strict and rigid. Uh, I, mean, uh, I, mean, I can't remember my mother and father ever holding hands, but I also can't remember ever having a fight. <laughs> we no okay, animals you know. in the house, and no plants in the house, and no music, uh, no books. You know, oh, it was really? a very sterile environment. Yeah. And um, me being a little sensitive gay boy that, God forbid, took art in school, like <laughs> only Morphys did. <laughs> Was when in, in some way or another I managed to build this brick wall around myself, protecting myself yeah. emotionally because it clearly didn't work in my household. And uh, by the time, and it's actually the biggest part of my life, uh, my uh, as a boy, I really can't remember. Uh, only in deep hypnosis that I'll, I'll remember things. 
So I did, did block out things and then I went to the uh, army and yeah, that was in the middle of the war times. I was infantry, we mm. did terrible thing with corpses. I mean, um, uh, yeah, there's so much detail and gr- uh, graphic detail about what we did. And, and, and it really didn't affect me then. And in respect, like I said, all the psychologists and psychiatrists trying to figure out how could you possibly have done that and not have a score. I really don't think I did. I think my brick wall was by then already so well formed that uh, it just didn't affect me. At what stage did the gay thing come out? Uh, Thank God, that was the easy thing. Um, (laughs) My my father died when I was 20 and I I came out at 22. Okay, after the army. Yeah, after after the army, and when I mean, in the retrospect, I always knew there's there's something. But um, yeah. I was a typical straight boy playing rugby because my father think I should. But you no, know, I I don't know. I was gay, but in the retrospect, I I should have known. But there was things that I you know, like wonder why I find uh, certain men in a photo more attractive than a woman in some level, whatever. Yeah. But I didn't realize it. Consciously at that stage, but um, yeah, then suddenly there's a guy at, at work, and I mean, I had a girlfriend at that stage, and and things happened at the party, and I think I fall out of a closet in a period of a week, you know. So, <laughs> um, I just swapped. Yeah, making <laughs> your entrance with your usual flair. <laughs> yeah, strangely enough, I mean, there was not much issues, you know. Yeah. And of course, my mother was very upset. Um, I mean, I eventually told her. Uh, I pretended to be with girls and uh, started seeing seeing boys and of course lied to my mother until I met my partner, which is still my partner today, this year is 31 years. Oh my God! <laughs> and so, no. until I met him and it just fell wrong to, to lie about him in my life, you know, that, and uh, I decided to tell my mother and of course it was all the tears and things, but bless her soul, um, irrespective of the weird woman she might have been, uh, and question to me was, do you love him? And I said, yes, I do. She said, but then I've got nothing to say because oh, God, God is about love. Whoa. <laughs> well, that's an And that, that, that was her stamp of approval and a thing. Yeah. And irrespective of all the hard so it caused her, in her mind, the fact that I loved him makes it okay. That's so. fantastic. And he's not... Afrikaans and he's not South African. No, no, yeah. He, he so, came to South Africa from, from Holland to do, he's also a civil engineer. Okay. He came to do his practical. And yeah, we met at the same hour in an in a office. Okay. Oh my God. In those days, yeah. <laughs> we had to do some serious lying and maneuvering to. Oh, yeah. I can imagine. In terms of school, army, Vasty days. Where did you stand spiritually? Where did you stand religiously at that stage of your life? Well, I suppose you uh, you should ask compared to what, (laughs) 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 you know, because if you ask me today where I stand spiritually, I say say very far down below (laughs) because I I believe there's so much that I don't know. But in in those days, as far as... um, as the, the norms were concerned and whether you're a good Christian or not, I suppose I lived the life as a, as a as a good Christian, irrespective of sex and all those things. But I mean, in, <laughs> I mean, in normal terms, being a, a good uh, a good person. But that was just religion. It was just, uh, it was Did just you think a, church and those type of things? 
Yeah, yeah, I did in school days. After school, of course. The moment I didn't need to go there anymore to to, to, to please my parents. I, <laughs> That's such a I dream. I didn't, eh? didn't do it. <laughs> no. And uh, I suppose the, the closest I came to, to God in most of my years, all the way up to around about 30, was the, 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 the guild period. You know? Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, I suppose NGs as well, we, we guild taught, you know, such a guild-based religion. But yeah. that's basically the, all I can remember is the guild. Okay. Nothing, nothing more than that. And uh, yeah, I, I just ignored it. And then later in my life, um, as the depression got more and more, I started thinking deeper and deeper. And yeah, that's where the spirituality started developing. The church never did it for me. Okay. So for you, nearly your first true search of some form of spirituality of a higher being was through depression. Yeah. yeah. At what stage in your life did the depression kick in? Um, late 20s. Okay. More and more. So the first time I was hospitalized for that was, I think, age 33. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I started questioning things, you know, because there's, there's more, you know. You know there's more and um, you also wonder why you, you think like you do. And the medical explanation, as much as is true, that when... And it's proven true that there's a, there's a chemical something. That's one side of the story, but there's also the question of whether you would have been as depressed as you were, given your bio, uh, biochemical conditions, uh, excluding a negative uh, abring. Yeah. Would you have been depressed as well or not, or would you just have been somebody that's generally of, in a lower mood than the average person? Out a there? half glass, the glass half empty type of person. Yeah, yeah. That- I'm a, the glass is half empty type of person. Yeah. And I didn't really realize that until I met my husband. Yeah. Where he's just, he's just not like that. Mm. It suddenly dawned on me one day that kind of, he seems to always be happy. He always seems to be okay. Why I'm always kind of not happy and always kind of not okay. Yeah. And that being clean and sober and life going well. And I also suffer from depression and I go through phases where, I, where I'm not on medication. And for periods I do well, but eventually the chemical imbalance clicks in and I really, really suffer. Yeah. And last year, last year this time, was one of those periods where I was off my antidepressants for, a, for two, three years and it just suddenly clicked in again. And I'm, I'm back on, on antidepressants and my life is awesome again. Yeah, no, I, in earlier days of my life, I did try and go off antidepressants with disastrous consequences. But um, yeah, so I just don't even consider it anymore. It's just part of my yeah. life. And I do change it now and then, which I say you should. And yeah, I, I, I do think you should go and see a psychiatrist like once every two years just to yeah. check up on whether all your stuff is still Yeah, I see one every six months. Well, six months is the norm, it's the right oh. thing. But I mean, there was a stage that I just always, every six months, phoned the psychiatrist for a new it's script, a new and, script yeah. and, and things that go wrong. Yeah. Uh, and um, when I went to see a new psychiatrist, I was actually quite shocked that I, that the psychiatrist continues yeah, pre- prescribing pre- me the same thing for, for such a long period. I, mean, I, oh, no, I love talking about myself far too much than to skip a psychiatric appointment. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I really, really love my psychiatrist. She's, not at standard. 
I always say she gets her hands dirty. She she yeah. challenges me, and, and I really love it. I enjoy our appointments thoroughly. So depression led you to, to to start questioning. And did you get any any answers? Did it come to any realizations for you? Yeah, because because of the, the, the depression, when you go through, of course, these negative thought patterns, and I can't remember how I started, but I I believe that meditation in some form or another must surely help, which I suppose it did. I started thinking differently of things, perhaps, perhaps not, but the the, the main impact there was that, I I think in my case, I'm speaking about my case, in meditation, I think you develop a gut feel of there's something more. There's, uh, I don't, I'm sure there's lots of people out in the world that meditates that don't believe in any form of a God at all. But when there's definitely something, a form of knowing was coming, I think, when you meditate. For me, that I don't know if I questioned so much religion. I just knew that I didn't want to do religion. Okay. And meditation was a way of trying to control my mind. A lot of my meditation up to today still is more uh, quieting up the mind. Okay, yeah. I, I never did the type of meditation where you concentrate on something specifically and I don't do meditation in a specific position or something because it sounds too much like a religion. Um, I do meditation mainly to, to quiet my mind and in later years knowing or or having the faith that as long as I keep my mind out of out of meditation and just be, if 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 God, whatever that concept of God is, want to communicate with me, and I don't mean in words, but in want to communicate with me at least the little bit I can do to to offer a clean clean slate, <laughs> uh, and at, at least it's not flattered with all, all my my mind uh, stuff and my yeah. obsessions. So, of course. When over years and years of meditation, there's only a few times that I did had some sort of an insight. Okay. A friend of mine, and that's now fairly recently, so many, many years of depression and, uh, and, and meditation. I stayed with him for a while because of uh, stuff. Uh, job, job I had to do in Johannesburg, and I didn't, you know, I decided to stay there rather than somewhere else. He was a very good friend of mine. And he asked me, uh, why do you meditate every single day of your life? And I said, because I never know where the magic is going to happen. <laughs> I like that. Because too. the magic does happen. You know? yeah. there, there, there's, a, there's, a, there's like a blip of insight. Now, if you, if you count all my insights, if you want to call it that, together in my life, and, and you, you, you time it, it's probably not much more than a few seconds. <laughs> but the, 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 the beauty of an insight is that it's so true that it just is, yeah. uh, um, and you 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 can't explain that insight to anybody else. It's difficult enough explaining a dream that was fairly realistic to somebody else. How can you explain an insight? Yeah. And if you only got twenty eight letters, a b, and it sounds like a bit and you try to explain <laughs> this phenomenon with this twenty eight. <laughs> uh, the picture I get is is lightning. <laughs> I mean, lightning yeah. is is a, is a 
a split second, but the impact of it is huge where it strikes. So, yeah. so the same with, with your meditation. Yeah. So it's going to be a split second, but when it does, it makes an impact. Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I like what you're saying. Um, my mind wanders during meditation. I allow it to wander because it brings me to places. I get creative. I get new creative ideas. And I see those as, as messages. I see those as, as I, that's where my mind needs to go type, type of thing. Your meditation is not, um, like I say, I try to, to clean my mind. But if my mind then does wander, it's okay if it wanders, if you know it's wandering. Yeah. If you can follow, if you can follow it and you are aware where, where it's going. Yes. Uh, it's a rocky road because you quick, quick can go into... And it can slip away from Absolutely, your awareness. Yeah. But uh, if you can keep it there, yes, definitely. I, um, um, my, my, my insights and things does form into into words. If you understand what I mean, you've yeah. got an insight and for, for it to register, it's got to register in some form of a language. So, and therefore you need thoughts. But yeah. so, yeah, I mean, I don't say thoughts shouldn't be, but as long as... As you're quite aware of where your thoughts are going. Yeah. Do you keep your eyes closed? Uh, yeah, I can. I can in cases if, I, if I'm in an environment where uh, I don't have moving. Um, I'm not uh, meaning a tree moving in a wind, but not moving objects, and then I can go into quite deep meditation without. Okay. But uh, I prefer to keep my eyes closed. Cool. So, what do you believe in today? Today, um, what I, the, the only thing that I'm 100% can say that I believe in is that tomorrow I'm going to believe differently than today. <laughs> okay. The, um, can you be a bit more specific than that? <laughs> I, 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 Give me more to work with you, Anton. <laughs> I, I, I believe that uh, this, this is a process okay. uh, that you, you uh, we... If you're willing to, to walk the road, you, you grow spiritually. And what I thought about, when if you had this interview last year, and if you have the same interview next year, when it's going to be free, and compared to today, it's going to be three totally different points okay. of Okay. That's but, actually a nice idea. Maybe I should do that. <laughs> to, me, to, to me, it's a given that, I mean, if, if I didn't, if next year's um, interview was the, the, the same as today, that I grow, not. Yeah, that's no, true. Then, um, I, I do think that you grow spiritually, and unfortunately, the, 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 the bigger the pain, the quicker the growth. Yeah. That's unfortunate, but I suppose that's just a paradox of, of how it is. So, um, and pain doesn't need to, I'm not meaning major depressive pain, but discomfort, because there's a part of you that doesn't want to change. No? I call that dis-ease. Yeah, dis-ease. My, my disease is, yeah. dis-ease is a significant part of it. Yeah. And it's through that dis-ease that I, that, that I actually grow. That's a given. So, yes, um, compared to from where, I, where I come from and where I am now, um, of course, I don't know where I'm going, but I do know that I'm growing. And the, the, the growth comes in spurts because you know, it will be a long period of time that, I, that I'm content and then suddenly realize, but I do think about things differently or there will be at a time that I'm discontent 
and I'm, I'm terribly kicking about this discontentness and then I go into a better phase and in retrospect when I look back I said my god you know, my whole way of thinking about things changed and I'm not yeah. speaking phenomenal different things it's just there's a like I just said it's very difficult to define these real things in, yeah. in, 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 in words and language but you just know that things change and a thought just hit me while you were talking, and that is that you said your boy is now 11 years old. Yeah. In which way does he influence your spiritual thinking? If at all. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, when, when you spoke about growth, I, I thought about this, this small child that, that grows. Um, and obviously in some way you must also guide him, do you? What? Well, firstly, um, yeah, that's. It sounds like I, when I gave him a job by uh, by adopting him because I mean he, he did a phenomenal uh, impact on 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 the way I think about things. First and foremost, it's impossible otherwise to understand the concept of unconditional love. Yeah. Um, before we adopted him, I had some sort of idea of what love means, but the romantic love and all those type of loves, um, it's just, you know, it's incompatible. Uh, you, you just can't compare yeah. uh, with, with a boy. And and they, they love back to you, which is totally unconditional. And then, um, yeah, things he says, and, you know, that... Kids bring things back to just what is, you know. When, for example, when I uh, worked in Johannesburg and he was very unhappy with me commuting between Cape Town and Johannesburg, and he was crying and negotiating with me, trying to stay longer in Cape Town. And then at one stage, he was looking. He said he'll help me looking for another job in Cape Town. <laughs> and and then and then he said I'll be a uh, I must become a policeman. And I said, so dangerous and then this and that. And he said, oh, I know, you can become a bus driver. <laughs> I said, yeah, but there's enough money. I'm not going to be able to buy you the toys. Look at this want. house. Look at this house. <laughs> Who's going to pay for this? <laughs> yeah, and I won't be able to buy you toys and things. Sweet, and yeah. he said, but that money is not everything. Oh, sweet. <laughs> And he said, I don't want toys anymore. I want you to stay in Cape Town. So oh, that is that's, so sweet. That, that, that's when I decided to, to ask for a transfer to the Cape Town office with a big risk of losing my job. But mm, it was actually not the question anymore. And I'd it rather, turned out well for you anyways. I'd rather be poor with, with my son than, yeah. than having... So, yeah, it worked out fantastic. I got the transfer. That's and uh, I'm very fortunate to be extremely close to this boy. I've got a nice uh, thing about it. Uh, That's just what I like to believe. But uh, my partner and I was speaking for many, many years about the adoption and and the pros and the cons. I mean, a gay couple to adopt you, you're going through enormous thinking processes and the pros and the cons. And and, uh, until a friend one day got so upset with it, he said, I'm so tired of this. It's a (laughs) 50-50. You're going to... There's going to be advantage, disadvantage, uh, 50-50 between um, you and what a kid uh, might get out of it. So uh, very shortly after that, <coughs> after that period of something like seven years, my partner walked into my office one Monday morning uh, after we had the discussion yet again that weekend. Because often he said, 
you'll say, okay, let's adopt it. And I say no. I say yes. And he said no. That, we, uh, that <laughs> okay. Monday morning, he walked into uh, my office, said, let's adopt. I had the numbers and things because we investigated this before. So while he's sitting in my office, we called and uh, said that we want to uh, adopt. And they called us very shortly thereafter. And yeah, that was in uh, November. They called us sh uh, shortly thereafter, and they said they might have a boy for us. And then I said we we can have him in in January. Oh wow! <laughs> and we said, oh wait, 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 wait! No, no, normal people's got nine months to think about this. You know, two months is a bit short. But anyway, we got him. And only after that was being frantic. Yeah. How old was he when you got him? Uh, nine weeks. Oh my god! Yeah. Uh, the, the boy's got phenomenal, I know most parents say, but that he's got a phenomenal. one of the scariest things you've ever done in your life. I don't know. I mean, I, mean, I think about it so often that in this whole spiritual journey, what would you have been without it? Firstly, I honestly, as I'm sitting here, don't think I would have been alive. Okay. Today, without them, because it was twice in my life that when the, the, the suicide was quite deeply planned, and the only thing that kept me from doing it was my boy. Wow. And well, it's easy to say. I don't, I don't know if you would have done it or not. And like I said, I don't want to give him a job. <laughs> it's not his job to keep me alive or yeah. keep me sober. But and perhaps I would have relapsed or I, I don't know I, I, I don't know what would have happened if I didn't have him but over and effect of the, 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 the drugs part of it whether that happened or not all that I do know is that there's a there's a depth of experience of of something bigger out there that I wouldn't have had if, I, if it wasn't for him okay and the really nice thing is that he would hardly know you in addiction. He was really small before you came into recovery. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the bad thing is, um, by the time we decided to uh, adopt was when I came out of my second rehab. So, and I was quite convinced that's all, all is fine. And we got him and then I relapsed just after that. The first time in my life after that, that I went into rehab all on my own. Previously, I actually did it for my partner. Okay. And this time, uh, when I went into rehab, I didn't even do it for my partner or not even for my boy. It was for you. Uh, it was uh, for myself. That's a, something I must explain about the, the addiction and spirituality. It was a major turning point in my life. Now, uh, my boy at that stage was um, about two years old. He used to go to a crash in Hope Bay. And we stayed in Camsway, so every morning and afternoon we drove the road between Camsway and Hardway. And um, like I said, I, I relapsed and it just got worse and worse and worse. And that's when uh, my one of my major suicide points came because I just couldn't stop the drugs. You know? And my, my partner knew how bad it was, but he sort of pretended, tried to keep the, you know, us together as a, as, as a family and make things as normal as it could possibly be. Oh. It just got worse and worse and I couldn't get myself out of addiction. And um, the only way I could see life to be better for my partner and my, my boy that I both dearly love was to take myself out of the equation. Okay, yeah. So the one Monday morning, I dropped him off uh, at the Christian house and on my way back, 
I, I drove on this beautiful road and it was like picture perfect, cliche beautiful. And, but the problem is I could have, take, could have taken a photo and showed to anybody and say, look how beautiful it is. But I suddenly had this realization that I've got no soul. I'm, I'm this organism moving around with just nothing inside. Oy. And uh, I broke down, started crying, probably the first time in, I think, 24 years. Oh. And got, got home and went down on my knees. And I, up to today, don't know who and what I prayed for. But I, 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 did, I did pray very, very seriously. And that was between, I always say to people, it's, it is quite very specific. It was between 9 and 10 o'clock on Monday morning, the 20, 27th of July, 2009. Mm-hmm. I got up there, throw, <clears throat> threw away my drugs. Um, went to see a pastor, booked myself into rehab, and the last time ever I used, you know. So the beauty of this, this paradox is that is the moment that I realized that I, I absolutely know soul. You know? Absolutely. That, yeah, it was just, and, and that's why I didn't uh, want to relapse. And when my partner and my, um, my boy, um, when they left me afterwards and I was single for a, you know and lost everything all my money uh, my partner that's the only person i ever loved in my life not my mother or my father and the boy that i always wanted everything everything suddenly everything was out of my life and the the, the re- reason i didn't relapse was not because of anything else other than i can't possibly stand the idea of not having a soul again yeah because you know i know this is cliche um, that they say the advantage of being an addict is you don't need to go to hell because you've been there already. <laughs> but uh, I mean, I, I'm not saying it was a hell experience, but not having a soul experience is horrific. Yeah. Um, and that's what keep me from going back there again. That's awesome. I mean, I did relapse five years ago, but it was on alcohol. The, why I such a big fright, I'd rather book myself into rehab because I thought, you know, if I go down yeah. this path losing my soul again, I won't be able to cope with it. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that, that, that part of a meeting where we light the candle. And it says yeah. this symbolizes the movement from the darkness of active addiction to the light of recovery. Because yeah. for me, there is such a clear line in my, in my head between the dark times and the light times. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's yeah. no, and I just cannot... St- I never ever want to move to the dark side again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it yeah. was just really too too dark and too awful. Yeah. So Anton, but, as as of today, are you are you happy? Um, that's a. I'm not, What's I'm, happy? Yeah, 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 no, no. I mean, I, 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 not not answering immediately doesn't mean I don't know. It's just what 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 is happy? If you if you ask if you ask me, are you content? I would have said without hesitation, yes. Okay, cool. But what 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 is happy? Um, I'm, I think what I aiming towards is being joyous. Cool. If okay. if you want to play with words, but and that's where my spiritual journey is going is that I'll, I am becoming more joyous. That's, okay, that's, that's fantastic. It's just, I mean, happiness, I don't, just don't like the word. So, okay. sorry, that's why I hesitated. <laughs> but, uh, Huge hesitation. Uh, co- content is just being yeah. first either here or there, but joyous is got a more depth to me, yeah. to, uh, to, the, uh, to the word. And, and like I said previously, I mean, now and then a few split seconds in my life, I had 
sort of what you want to call an insight. I don't, I, I don't mean it to be dramatic. Uh, there was no, no, no visions or anything, <laughs> but uh, just a gut feel of something. And the, the, the joy of those few split seconds in my life far outweighs absolutely anything, anything else. And if that, if that is what enlightenment means, in that, if that is what happiness means, then just that split second of knowing uh, what real content, real beauty, real joy yeah. is, then it's worth all this trouble. And, I, and, and that's my issue, uh, that's my definition of uh, heaven and hell. And I, and in my thinking, it can't possibly be physical places. I actually okay. find it strange that people still think they are. <laughs> Perhaps I think about it differently in future. I don't know. But to me, it just can't be physically physical places. And um, I, without sounding dramatic, but that few split seconds of clarity that I did have in meditation in my life, if that is heaven, I can understand why religions like Christianity and Islam try to sketch to to an educated people gold and all these virgins and all these <laughs> fantastic things because yeah. not in, in, in even if i was the best first person uh, linguistically i cannot describe that bliss you know? yeah so i understand how the bible and the quran try to explain to people how absolutely beyond beauty disease because you can't yes uh, it's just an insight that's what i mean with the insight it's yeah. just it just is another thing popped up for me now and that is you use the word joyous now when i hear the word joyous i think kind of a childish playfulness where do you stand with play can you do you have the ability to play um I think I'm taking myself far too serious. <laughs> I, 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 do, I do try and think of things more lightheartedly sometimes. And I mm, play full play, not really anymore. I, mean, I, um, I don't know. I, I, I've been, I can be totally, utterly silly with my boy. To the extent that my partner tell me I'm going to stop acting like a boy, I'm his father, not his friend. Grow up. <laughs> <laughs> so you can play. Yes. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, 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 we that's we awesome. can play yeah. Lego together and go in imagination spectrums. It's fantastic. Oh, the the poor child. So he's got two engineers as a father, as fathers. Yeah. But luckily, one is normal. The other one is me. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! I can just see where that's going. The, yeah. the poor child. I must give you my business card because he's going to need it. <laughs> Anton, I want to thank you so much for coming through. It was awesome chatting to you. I always think, what do I know about the person before I speak to them? And it's dawned on me suddenly that I know nothing about your journey. So it was quite nice to, to, to hear this today. And thanks yeah. for sharing it with us. Thank you. Have a wonderful afternoon. Thank you. It was really exciting to catch up with Anton and to hear about his spiritual journey. My experience with especially engineers is that they tend to intellectualize heart matters. Anton, it seems, has gone on a journey of discovery and has found what works for him, and I am really happy for him. He has gone through some difficult times in his recovery, but he has surely lived to tell the tale and to share his experience. I am very happy to have heard his story. I trust you enjoyed it too. If you want to know more about what I do, please feel free to connect with me on my website, which is www.freddy.org.za or find me on Facebook at 
www.facebook.com forward slash freddy.org.za forward slash or on Twitter at at Rensburg Freddy. Remember that Freddy is always spelt with an IE at the end. Be safe. Bye.